So we're going to continue our sermon series on the times in life of Jesus. Who knows how long this will go? This may go for, I don't know, we'll just see how the Holy Spirit leads. And we could go for another year, go for four months, we don't know, but we're just wanting to hear from the Lord. So this week's uh, message is not on Michael Hampton, it is on color and the power of language. So let's open up to uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 13. Um, and I was explaining this to my wife, Michelle. And I was like, this is, a, this is one of those, this is one of those uh, Dave messages where you're like, what's going on? And then it comes together later, okay? So just brace yourself. It's one of those where you're like, what's, what's the mystery here? Uh, what does color have to say about the power of the gospel? Matthew 16, verse 13. Here we go. When Yeshua, Jesus, came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, which is another name for Peter. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that, I will, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my congregation, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whenever you loosen on earth, will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Lord, we just pray right now that we can just begin to formulate our hearts and minds to receive from your word, Lord, so that we can be changed and, 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 and gr growing into the image of your likeness to proclaim the gospel and the good news unto all the earth, Lord. We just invite your presence, which is already here, but just to guide us, direct us. Amen. So I have, a, I have a question to begin uh, today with, and that is, what's your, what's your favorite color? All right, let's go uh, pink. Who here says pink? I want to do a little tally. Pink, okay. Who says orange? Yellow? Perfect. Red? Purple? And if this all works... Blue. All right, blue and violet or purple seem to be tied, but the difference between blue and purple is pretty minimal, depending upon speaking to the artist, right? What's that? You like green as well? That's, that's, okay. Eileen's an artist, so she's like, you know, thinking of the color wheel. All right, <clears throat> so this is, this is where we get bizarre, but we're just going to get right into it. Here we go. All right. According to historians, linguists, sociologists, and even psychologists, what they're saying is that no one could describe the color blue until modern times. I know, it's crazy. Here we go, ready? The ancient Chinese and the Hindu texts of thousands of years ago described the heavens, described the skies, they even described like a heavenly place. Uh, and they never use the word blue. You're like, if you're going to refer to the sky, I mean, obviously it's like the blueness of the sky. They never do that. 
Not once do they utter this, this, this phrase of blue. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Both Chinese and Hindu texts. Uh, the Hebrews in the Bible, um, they had a word called tachelet. And tachelet was a light blue. Uh, it's kind of like the color of, uh, of Alan's shirt, maybe a little lighter. Um, but when describing things that you think would be blue, like the sky, they never use the Hebrew word kohol, which is just blue, blue. Okay? So the Hebrews had, had, had a word called tachelet, which is kind of like a lightish, 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 lightish blue. But even the Hebrews, the Israelites, when they're referring to the sky, they're not saying it's kohol. They're not saying it's blue. They use this word tachelet, which comes from the talit and all that. This one blows my mind. The Greeks, like the Greeks of all people, the great thinkers, I mean, philosophy, math, sciences, medicine, the ideas of government, art, sculpture. I mean, these, these guys were like plugged into like an intellect that was like unparalleled in some regards. And guess what? They never mention the word blue in all of their writings. It's crazy. I know. It's, it's so crazy. So one of the, the classic Greek texts uh, from the year 725 BC, so 725 years before the coming of Messiah, uh, is a, uh, an, an author by the name of Homer. I don't know if anyone ever heard of Homer in like high school, right? The Iliad and the Odyssey. So this guy's got like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages that he writes. In the Odyssey alone, which is if I remember correctly, it's longer than the Iliad. The word black is mentioned 200 times. The word white, 100 times. The word red, 15 times. And blue, zero. In fact, Homer, when describing the ocean, says it this way. The sea, oh that sea, it is a deep wine-dark sea. Wine. It's the color of wine. Not the color blue, but the color wine. And so people, scholars are like, oh, maybe he's just being poetic. But then he's like describing other things that like make no sense. He talks about women's hair being the color of violet. Meaning like gray. So it seems like, he talks about sheep having purple, um, what do you want to quote, quote that? Purple fleece or wool. Like they don't have purple wool, it's gray. They, they, he, they, they, don't, they can't see gray. They can't see apparently blue. What's that? Cataracts or something. You know, people were trying to figure this out because they're like, come on, like, this is just, this, yeah, whatever, this can't be real. But they look all over the place in different cultures and no one is referencing the color blue until like kind of somewhat recently. Like recently, like maybe a thousand years ago. Maybe that. And they say, well, why is this? And really what it comes down to is this. What they're arguing here is that blue is very rare in nature. There's no blue food. There are really not many blue animals, because like a blue jay. Uh, blueberries, but a lot of this is also, you have to understand, conditional based upon where you're living. Right? And if I was a, a little kid, I'm looking at blueberries, and no one said they were blueberries, I probably would call them purple berries. Right? right? I, sometimes they're blue, but you know, I get what you're saying. 
It's very rare in nature outside of looking at the sky, right? Um, they even went to like, like Nordic cultures, right? Those of us that have blue eyes, right? Your ancestry's from northern regions. They're like, well, how about there? Like they must have had, I mean, they, people have blue eyes. Of course, of course they're calling them blue. So look at Icelandic um, sagas and epics and, and Scandinavian stories, and never once, no one talks about blue. So one, uh, one uh, scholar did a probably inappropriate experiment. Maybe not. Not really. He had a daughter. And he and his wife made sure that they never once told their daughter that the sky was blue. They would refer to things as being blue. The shirt is blue. A blue jay is blue. A blueberry is blue. And never once told her. And at the age of about 18 months, 24 months, somewhere around there, they're going for a walk. And finally he decides to do his experiment. He says to his daughter, what color is the sky? And she looks up and she says, what are you talking about? The sky. And since she couldn't see the sky. She saw the clouds. Like, you know, the sky, the sky, what color is the sky? And, she, and so she couldn't quite comprehend it. And after several times of doing this, she finally said, oh, it's, it's clear. And he kept going after a couple weeks, and then finally she said white. Oh, the sky's white. And then finally, 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 she eventually said, oh, the sky, it's blue. But he said for it would take like, it took like six, eight months for her to stop saying that it was white or clear and started saying it was blue. Now, okay, you know, this is all kind of like bizarro world here, but really what I'm getting at here is this. Ancient cultures, uh, in fact, did not see the sky. If they did, it was clear or white. In their vocabulary, it appears by people who are much more learned than me that they didn't know the color blue. Uh, in fact, there was another color as well uh, that they had a hard time seeing, apparently. Um, they, couldn't see, uh, they couldn't see yellow. So if you take a look at the, uh, the sporadic here, right? You, you have some like primary colors, and it seems to be that they're not really seeing the color yellow, um, but... <laughs> The rationale here is this. Um, when the Greeks are referring to the color of honey, they refer to it as green. 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 Well, if you look at the color, yellow and green actually are pretty close. Yellow and green are, are kind of closer than brown, actually, right? Uh, and, 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 and purple is close to blue, obviously. So it's like really bizarre. It's like ancient man has this learning curve where they're learning colors. If you look at the oldest manuscripts, they all refer to black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white, then red pops up. You start talking about red. Red, the color of blood, you know, something that they, they really can see. It's, I'm, I'm sitting here like, all right, well, what, what's, what's going on here? Like, what's the, what, 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 what is going on here, Lord? Uh, because it just really uh, grabbed a hold of me. Uh, and it's this. A concept does not exist to the mind until it is given a name. Language defines your type of existence. What I, what I get at here is, in, in the ancient's mind, blue did not exist until someone was able to give it a name. And once they gave it a name, it was like, boom, it like pops out now. Oh, this is what it is. And so I was going to the Lord, and I just saw the Lord saying, language defines your type of existence, like what you see and what you do. So it beckons the question, well, okay, 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 like how did we get the color blue? If no one can see it, where does it come from? 
Turns out the only ancient civilization that we know had the color blue because they're using the color blue in their writings are the Egyptians. And the Egyptians just so happened to be expert in making dyes. And it just so happened they had certain snails and certain animals that produced the color blue and they refer to it as blue. So essentially what they're saying here is the Egyptians gave the ancient world the color blue. Why? Because they had something that they manufactured and made that they had to call blue as it is different than the other fabric that we have. Like blue and, 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 and yellow and are different. And, and green, it's different from green, it's different from yellow, it's different from purple. It's a selected type of pattern and dye. So it's this notion of until you make something and you have to call it what it is, there's no reason to call it what it is. Right? All right, so we're like, okay, what? what? <laughs> All right, Dave, what are we doing here? All right, well, let's crack open James. Let's start making the, 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 the connections here. James chapter 3, famous scripture, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. How great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Language defines your type of experience, your type of reality. With your tongue, we can go and bless the Lord. We can worship Him. We can speak to our brother or sister and encourage them. Or we can profane God or we can profane others and tear them down. All coming from language. And so, you know, if I, if I go to school one day and, and someone says, Greenockle, you got some really weird hair. They just gave language to that. And now, I never thought I had weird hair before, but now I feel like I have weird hair. Or if a colleague or someone comes up to me and says, oh, it looks like you're putting on some weight. Well, I, I never thought I was putting on weight, but now I, now I think it. But you didn't think it until the language was created, just like the color blue. You create the language, and now the perspective comes. And with your tongue, we have tremendous power. Maybe to help you understand this kind of uh, perspective here is this. It's an old, old like, kind of philosophical question. Is your eye a projector or a camera? Maybe. If it's a camera, you allow your eye to see things. And then what you see will determine your experience and your perspective. If your eye is a projector, what you think inside projects the image out. So what do I mean by this spiritually? You're going through a rough time. You lost your job. Someone passed away in your family. Your car doesn't start. Your roof is leaking. You see it. And now in your mind, you're like, oh, my eye, my eye is a camera. I take that image, and now it's like, oh, man, how am I going to pay for this? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And you just, 
What you saw just defined your perspective and your realities of what's going on. You may even be like a little depressed or cranky about it now. That's if your eye is a camera. I see the image. I'm now going to allow that image to define my situation, my feelings, my emotions, who I are, or I am, etc., etc., etc. But if, you're, if your eye is a projector, even if you see these things, you're now going to let what you know to be true to determine your experience. Right. Oh, I lost my job. That's all right, because my Lord takes care of me and he is removing this from my life so that he can bring something better for me. All right. Oh, people are making fun of me or saying something about me. Oh, that's okay. The Lord loves me and has called me into his promises. And this is just a reminder that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And I'm just going to allow that on the side. I'm now going to be able to define myself more with the Lord. I'm going to use the difficult opportunity now to work with, with the Lord on understanding who I am. It's a difference between allowing your circumstances to define you or you to define your circumstances. We all go through hard times. It's just how are you going to process that? How are you going to process it? As a camera or as a projector? So, the ancients did not know or see the color blue until someone gave it a name. Once they know what to call something, they know it as the color blue. And so, this is where we really see the hinge of the lesson. Some people do not have the right experience with God because they do not have the correct language yet. The ancients not having the color blue is just an example to get you thinking to this point. And this point is this. Some of us do not have the language of the color blue yet. And you don't know exists. Okay, for us, spiritually, what is the color of blue? understanding the true language of what God says about you and what he says about your circumstances. You may have never even heard anyone verbalize blue. You may never have ever had anyone verbalize the concept that you are a son and daughter of God, that he loves you, that he's calling you into promises, that you don't have to prove yourself that you don't have to like prove to be holy. You're already made holy in his eyes. That even if you goof up, it's not like you have to now go back and earn favor with him now again. All of that is gone. And you may actually have never heard that kind of language before. And if you did heard the, the language, you may not have actually... What do you want to call it? Unpacked it, yeah. So language has deep, deep meaning in releasing your perception and your perspective on life and who you are. If the color blue could go missing for thousands of years, a color, because no one knew what it was, what to call it, and their eyes can't see it yet. Man, what about our lives if we don't have the right language about God and how God views us? What on earth could you be missing? Woo! This is why, this is why Jesus says, Peter, who do they say I am? 
Oh, Jesus, some, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're a great teacher. Some are even saying you might be Jeremiah. Really? Well, Peter, who do you say I am? And he says, first time. The first time anyone below heaven on earth ever uttered, uttered the phrase that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. Once he voices it, what happens? Boom! Understanding comes to him. You're not just like any prophet. You're not just like any teacher. He says the word Christ. He says the word Messiah. And now he has understanding. He didn't have the vocabulary yet for it. But once he says it, he's ready to go full, you know, he's in it to win it. And what's so beautiful here is what does Jesus say? Oh, no flesh has, no flesh has given this to you. But my Father in heaven, by the Holy Spirit, gave you that revelation. Woo! So what we have here is, I'm telling you, there's people here who know the language. I'm going to be real with you. A couple of years ago, I knew, like, I felt like I knew a whole bunch of language. Yeah, I, like, I knew, I knew, I knew red. I knew, I even knew yellow. I knew all of these colors. But there was a color that I, I was a little colorblind on. Uh, and then, miraculously, God ordained uh, for me to begin to uh, meet up and interact with uh, both Josh and Alan. And they showed me the color blue. They showed it to me. So, Dave, you don't have to strive for this. You're loved before the Lord. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z to earn the favor. You're already a son. What does that mean, Dave? And they started giving me language. And I'm hoping I was able to give them some language on different colors, right? But that's the way it works. And what I'm saying here is that if you don't really have this kind of revelation yet, um, there are people here who have known the color blue for a long time, and some of us who have known the color blue more recently. And that's what it means to be a family. And as they share with us the color blue, we get to share with them another color, a different aspect of God. That only happens when you're running together as a family. Right? Because if you're all by yourself, you're only going to know the colors that you see. It's so important to be running together. So, you know, all of this kind of conversation came out of, uh, actually last week. Um... Eileen came up to pray for a, a woman on the side here. And she's praying for her, and I'm, I'm there next to the woman. Uh, and Eileen just starts reciting this statement over and over again. And like, I was about to like just fall out in the Holy Spirit. I was just like... Uh, and the statement that she said uh, was quite simple, but it was just, it was, it was, it was tearing me up. She just kept saying, He is, you are. He is, you are. And then she started getting a little bit more like authoritative. He is, you are. And I was like, whoa. Because he is, you exist. We know that he exists because we are, we exist. But the Lord just started wrecking me when we were in there in prayer. It was just like, oh my gosh, how you define the Lord is going to be how you define yourself. How you define yourself is how you define the Lord. If he is the great I am, he is, always will be, how do you define him? What color lens do you see him through? So, if he is wrath, I'm a wretched sinner. 
If your perspective of God is that he is a wrathful God, well, then you're a wretched sinner. And if you actually think that you are a wretched sinner, you are now saying that he is wrath. It's all in the language. If he is angry, you're disobedient. If you view your God that way, oh, he's disappointed in man and in me and in all of creation, well, then you did something wrong, didn't you? But if we give you the right language, the right language of blue, ah, if he is loved, then I am beloved. If he is a daddy and a father, I'm a son or daughter. And if I'm a son or daughter, then he's a daddy. And if I'm beloved, then he is loved. If he is in fact life, as he says I am life, then I am alive. I am alive forever if he is life. If he is provider, then I'm provided for even when the checks aren't coming in. If he is the healer, I'm healed. If he is joy, I am happy. If he is the one who defeated sin, then I am dead to sin. If he is proud, I did well. And it goes back and forth. How you view yourself is how you view your father. How you view your father is how you view yourself. And we have to give you the language. The language has to be there. How you define yourself is how you are worshiping him. If I am junk, if I am not worthy, then the blood of Jesus does not have enough value. Come on. If I'm believing the depressed things of the world, then he is a loser then and he's not victorious. But if he's victorious, the kingdom of God goes forward with power. And fight. Now we all know that the enemy, as we have the worship team come on up, please. The enemy continually, continually, continually wants you to forget about the nuance of the color wheel. Satan wants you to live in this black and white world without color, without vibrancy. But how beautiful is it that the rainbow itself is a promise by God of his covenant? Jesus, Jesus. I'm telling you that this is, this is this, this message, not because of me saying it, but the understanding of this message will completely change the, your life for the rest of your life. It will change your entire, entire perspective of everything you see. You need the language of who he is. <laughs> And therefore, who you are. You need to get that language, people. Too many of us are living in the past. Too many of us are living in the past days before the blood. Some of us are still living in the past of past revelation that was a world without yellow and a world without blue. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Messiah have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night. Woo! 
Listen to this. Before the coming of Jesus, Satan, according to the book of Revelation, would go to heaven day in and day out accusing you before God. Look, they've fallen away. They haven't chosen righteousness. But who sits on the right hand throne of the Father and petitioning day in and day out for his saints? Jesus. You see, what happened here is this. When, when Jesus came to earth, he was no longer in heaven. And it says here that Satan was accusing you and I to God. Oh, they deserve to be in hell. They deserve to be in hell. They deserve to be in hell. But Jesus, through his death and through his resurrection and through his ascension, he went into heaven and kicked Satan out and now says this. They're your beloved. They're your pure. They're your son. They're your daughter, Father. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. John 3.16, you know, we all kind of pretty much know it, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven. So popular, you see it at football stands. People, John 3, 16. For God so loves the world, he loved you. He loved you. He loves you. And if you, we are not using the language of love and seeing our God through that perspective, you and I would then be cheapening the blood. If you have any other perspective than this, you're cheapening the blood of Jesus. And Satan is getting in here, and Satan is taking away from the testimony of Jesus. If you're born again, spirit-filled, and you're still going through your life as one who is wretched, who is not good enough, who will never match up, Satan is winning in your mind and you're cheapening the blood of Jesus. You're cheapening it. It is the most precious, valued commodity in all of the cosmos. One drop of the blood of God. And so I'm not wretched anymore. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm not a loser anymore. I'm not one who walks in defeat anymore. I'm no longer the tail. I'm now the head. The blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus who takes away the sins of the world. Who takes your mourning and brings you into dancing now. The blood of Jesus that, that caused the earth to quake. That caused the graves to open up. Who caused the Holy Spirit to be taken out from the temple and inside of you now. We can't cheapen that thing. We need to know the language of blue. And so, just like Jesus went to the disciples, I believe he's coming to you today and is asking you the same question. Who do you say that I am? Is he just a teacher? No, nah, no, everyone here, I believe, knows that he is the Messiah. 
But I think that he's still saying, but what does that mean? You believe I'm the Messiah, but who do you really say I am? Am I the judge? Am I the wrathful God? Remember the one that says you're never quite good enough? Are you saying that about me? Or are you saying that I really am love? That I really am your father? Why don't we stand up? Father, we thank you for who you are. And I pray right now for corrective language to rise up in the hearts and minds of every man and woman here. Language of understanding. That we have to define ourselves by who you are. And if we're tearing each other down, and if we're tearing ourselves down, then you are a very kind of nasty kind of God. That's not who you are. He is life, so we are alive. He is love, so we are beloved. And we need to get that deep down inside of our spirit, man. So I, I want to invite Eileen to come on down, and Eric. Of course, we can have other people uh, pray as well, but I just really believe that Eileen, um, she has, she's got an anointing right now to release that inside of you. He is, you are. I don't care if you're sitting down there or if you're on the soundboard or if you have to go get coffee or you're someone who's up here playing music. If you need to receive the new language inside of your mind, inside of your soul, to define yourself by something different than how you were defining yourself, I'm telling you, you got to come on down. You just have to come on down or you have to come down from the stage. You got to come upstairs. You got to do something. Just come up and receive new language in your spiritual man or woman. The Egyptians brought the color blue to the world. I'm telling you that there are people here, Josh, Alan, myself, Bill, Annabelle, that can release this language inside of you. So we release it in this place in Jesus' name. We release it in Jesus' name. Who do you say I am? We come before you, Lord, and we say we know who you are. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are life. You are breath. You are salvation. You are the great I am. You are the provider. You are the Lord of heaven's armies. You are the Lord our banner. You are the most high God. You're the Lord who provides. You're the Lord that heals. You're the Lord that inhabits the praises of his people. You are Yeshua, Jesus, who gave of his blood to change the language of eternity. Amen. Have a wonderful week. I encourage you to come down for prayer.
or to hang out downstairs for refreshments or just stand in the presence as the worship team takes us in some worship. Have a wonderful week.